Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 154 of the Masterclass. My name is Cam Brennan, and I am joined by my good friend, Mr. Dave Hogue. What's up, Dave? Hey, how are you? You know, I'm alive, man. You're alive. And good. That's, that's a good thing. But that's, that's really all I got to say about that right now. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. How about you? Doing all right. Doing all right. Um, yeah, actually kind of at this um, strange place in life where I have kind of removed a lot of the extracurricular commitments slash responsibilities from my life. So I'm a little bit curious as to what's on the horizon, but yeah, don't, don't have a lot of outside commitments besides like family and work. And I'm really kind of just sort of being, I'm, I'm at this place of trying just to enjoy that right now, just be present in those two things. So well, that's good. Yeah. A little free time, you know, doesn't hurt. No. And that's, and that's what I'm trying to sort of just be like, it's okay to do nothing. It's okay to veg out on TV a little bit. So, yeah. Well, good. Yeah. We, uh, we're just going to dive into it today. We are on a bit of a time crunch, so... We're going to just dive right into James. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe we're starting at verse 19 of chapter one. Is that correct, sir? Yes, that is correct. And we'll go through oh, I verse. Love being right. <laughs> That's a good thing. And we'll go through verse 21. Sweet. Will you do the honors as usual? Sure. So I will read the title of this, which, you know, somebody somewhere along the line decided that they could put a title in. <laughs> to scripture, but it's described as hearing and doing the word, which will actually uh, continue with what we're going to discuss next week. But uh, for verse 19 through 21, it says, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. All right. You ever have those moments where you're reading the Bible and you feel like God's saying, hey, I put this in here just for you. <laughs> like, I know that it applies to other people, but yes. this one is specifically for you, you numbskull, so pay attention. Also, I just used the word numbskull in a sentence since the first time. <laughs> I think I was eight years old, so... We're, we're, we're doing great. All right, so know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear. Let's start there. Mm-hmm. Dave, are you a good listener? No. Yeah. I'm a terrible I, listener. I think... <laughs> yeah, but at least you admitted it, because I think most people would say, I'm, I'm an okay listener, you know? And I, I think that's a, well, a highly contextual answer, right? Like, I'm, I'm a really good listener when I'm listening to podcasts or music that I like, right? Yeah. I'm... I'm probably not the best listener when I'm in the middle of a disagreement with somebody. Yeah. Right. Or someone has offended my sensibilities and now I must tell them why they're wrong and what, you know, like when I, when I want to get on my high horse or I want to debate somebody, right. Mm -hmm. I'm not, 
I'm not a good listener then. I want to uh, exercise my dominance or whatever, you know, the case may be, right? And I think that's precisely what James is getting to here, right? Yeah. Be quick to hear, yeah. period. Yeah. Just listen. Just listen. And that's really good advice. Yep. Because you know what? It's a lot harder to do when you actually listen and pay attention. Mm-hmm. Say stupid stuff. It's really easy to say stupid stuff when you're not listening. Yes. Right? Like, you ever heard the phrase, read the room? Yeah. You know, someone <laughs> comes in and just totally just botches whatever they're, because they just, they can't understand what's going on. Yes. Like, hey, maybe read the other person and and listen. And, and like, this is something that I need very much um, to to listen and like, not just like hear what they're saying, but like understand it. Yes. You know, cause there's, there's, there's listening and then there's hearing. And I know that could be some, you know, semantic, whatever, but like hearing to me has a connotation of listening with understanding. Like I, I am grasping what you're saying and that shows an intent of care towards the other person. Yeah. I, I think. Sure. So we're supposed to be quick to hear, like that should be our first goal was just to, just to hear mm-hmm. what are they saying? Why are they saying it? You know, what, what emotions are accompanied with what they're saying. And, and that too can also help you hear what they're saying, right? If you, if someone's really angry or really upset or really scared or really excited, understanding their emotions can help you hear better what they're saying. Like you can cut through some of the fluff, the hyperbole, the, the, you know, whatever to understand what's actually happening. Mm-hmm. Now. Okay. Oh, Ooh, Dave, 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 you <laughs> said you were a bad listener. You were the head negotiator. For your police department for a long time, <laughs> how could you say you're a bad listener? Because uh, I feel like everything I just said is like how to handle neg- negotiation situations like day one. Mm-hmm. If you're an idiot, this is what you need to understand about basic human interaction, which I thought I was really profound in saying, but I'm pretty sure like, yeah, we covered that in the first five minutes of class. <laughs> so I'm, again, what I do every week is putting you on the spot just because I, we don't talk about this stuff ahead of time, but like, how does what you learned in that part of your job either jive with this or, or go against it about being quick to hear and slow to speak? Well, I, you know, I think I th- well, there's a couple different things. One, you know, when you're, when you're on a, when you're in crisis negotiation, you know, there's, there's, you have an, as an element of there's something there, there's a weightiness to it. There's potential life or death on the line. And so, you know, in those moments, it's not hard to listen. Um, I will say that one of the first things that I have to teach my new negotiators when I was doing that was, um, quit trying to problem solve. Uh, you know, the new negotiators, when we put them through scenarios, they they'll listen to what the person's problem is and they immediately go into problem solving. They immediately want to fix the problem. They want to immediately start, 
you know, kind of presenting fixes for the person's problem. And the hardest thing I think to teach people in terms of when it comes to crisis negotiation is truly just listen and build rapport with that person. Don't try to fix their problem. Don't immediately try to start, you know, um, coming up with an answer for them because all of us in essence know what we need to do to generally fix our problems. You know, that's, that's not the thing. Most people just want to be heard. Um, and so that's, I think, so one, I think it's somewhat easier when you're in the moment of a crisis situation, but at the same time, I think there's an element of you really have to learn how to listen and not be ready with this answer um, to give people a fix to their problem. Uh, I think kind of what you were alluding to earlier of just, you know, I'm ready with my response. So, yeah, that's, I mean, that's what I encountered in being a crisis negotiator and leading that team. I think that's really good advice, right? Because if I'm not trying to debate you, then I'm probably trying to solve the problem, right? Mm -hmm. So that in itself is a good reminder of like, people just want to be heard. And yep. if they're coming to you, especially with a problem they're having, um, a situation they don't know how to handle, right? Like they're not necessarily coming to you to solve the problem unless they say, hey, help me solve this, right? If they're just venting, they just want to be heard. Because when, when you vent to someone, like, I don't know, but like you said, I'm not necessarily looking for you to solve my problems. Mm -hmm. I just need to get it off my chest. Like I need to just, I need to verbalize all the crap in my head and just get it out so it stops rattling around in my brain. Yep. You know? So that's a... Good, good word there, brother. Yeah. And you know, this, the second thing for me was, is I was also in internal affairs and I took, I was at a department where any complaint that went through that came to the department came through my office. And, uh, I learned to just shut up and listen to people. And, um, one of the things I started doing was after they kind of explained what was going on with them, I would say, you know, something effective, uh, ultimately what my question was is how can I help you? And in essence, I was saying, what are your expectations of me? What is it that you want from me? How can I help you? And when I would ask that question, which I was told not to do, <laughs> um, don't, they were like, oh, don't ever ask people what they want. Don't ever do that because then you're opening the door to, you know, but I, I found that just saying to people, well, what are your expectations? What are you hoping to have happen from this? Most of the time it was just like, well, I just want somebody to know. I just thought you should be aware of that. You know, it was never this like, I want somebody fired or I want consequences or I want action to happen. It was truly this sort of like, I have this, you know, thing that I've observed, this thing that I've experienced, and I just feel like somebody should know about it. And then if you would validate that and say, okay, well, I can understand how you're upset by that. And, you know, that sort of thing that like nine times out of 10, I think would handle the situation versus trying to fix something for somebody. Yeah. Interesting that they told you not to ask them that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that sounds, yeah, never mind. Hmm. All right. So be quick to hear, be slow to speak, and then slow to anger, which I thought is interesting, right? It just jumps from, well, we're listening and we're talking, and, and now we're talking about anger. And 
I wonder how much of that is about being defensive. Mm-hmm. You know, if, because not every situation where it's better to listen than to speak is someone uh, chewing you out, is someone calling your, you know, beliefs into, like, there, it's not necessarily always a conflict ridden situation where it's better to listen than to speak. Like I think in general, it's just better to listen, right? Sure. Understand people. Mm -hmm. But the fact that he includes the anger bit here is really interesting to me because again, like are they always, you know, is listening and and not speaking so much always related or only related to situations where you're going to get angry? Like, no. So I just find it interesting that it's part of this progression. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, again, good advice, right? Yep. Anger doesn't solve problems. No, no, I mean, no, it and can that's feel good. It can feel good in the moment, which is why I think a lot of us go there. Yes, because we get a lot of we get a lot of the energy out, not in necessarily a healthy or productive manner, but the release is there, and that's kind of what we're after. Um. I like the way he puts it in verse 20. He says, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God, which is such like a clever way to say, Hey, idiot. Yes. If you want to, you know, be a man or a woman of God, like if, if you claim all of these things, guess, guess what's not going to produce anything close to what you want. Your anger. Like it's such a, I can't even explain it the way that it, that that I'm thinking about it in my head. But instead of saying like, you know, godly people shouldn't get angry because it's a no no, or you know, any of the other like really yeah, negative it's, ways. It's actually a, said it. Yeah, it's very positive. Yeah, Ang- anger of man doesn't produce the righteousness righteousness of God, and that's what we're all after here. So, like, he just it's a very well written. And, um, as you said, like positive way to frame the concept that anger is not what we're after and it doesn't accomplish the goal, right? Listening and caring about people and showing them intention and love that will produce the righteousness of God. Your anger only tries to serve you at the expense of the other person. Yes. And it doesn't really ever serve you. It makes you look foolish it makes you look childish and it damages a relationship right and that's the opposite of what what god wants for us mm-hmm. man i need to like write this down oh wait it's in the bible <laughs> i have it everywhere it's in my it's in my phone it's here i know exactly where to find it yeah and it just i i mean honestly as i as i take a look at the world right now it just feels like it is full of people wanting to win the argument to prove their point to be right. And I think we would all benefit from making an effort to try to understand where the other person is coming from. Doesn't mean we have to agree. Doesn't mean, you know, it's just this, we just, it just seems like we've completely lost this ability to listen to the other person um, and agree to disagree, to exist in this kind of place of just of of conflict i guess in the essence that my take on that is i think a little different Mm -hmm. i think we just have much like the our uh gosh that's not even words 
our closeness has changed. Mm -hmm. So now we are way more aware of people that we disagree with and sure. we can easily get in contact in quotes with them far more easily than we could beforehand. Mm -hmm. Like everyone keeps saying this is the most divided America's ever been. I'm like, we had a civil war and we murdered oh, millions yeah. of our own people. So let's pump the brakes on the most divided we've ever been. Okay. Cause we're not even close, but it's because you can pull a thing out of your pocket, yell at somebody and call them nasty, nasty names on the internet and put it back in your pocket that like, so I just think everything's been brought to the surface mm -hmm. and is so much more easily accessible. Right. Sure. Like I heard someone say like, uh, you know, people in like, uh, California and, you know, Alabama have always disagreed about a lot of stuff. They just didn't know about it until 20 years ago. <laughs> Because they did, there was like, you know, unless you had family or went on vacation, right? Like you weren't, you weren't just mailing random people letters in the fifties in, in, you know, Alabama telling them why, you know, you're better because you're a West coaster and they're a Southerner. Like it just, but now you go online and the world is your oyster, right? And you can yell at whoever you want to and, you know, yeah. figure out. I, I, I guess the part I will just say though is doing in i feel like the job that i like dealing with people right now people regardless of whether it's social media or in person i i definitely feel like people are much quicker to sort of be confrontational or um just sort of be disrespectful to each other mm -hmm. i i mean I know that, I, that, that is true. That is true because yeah, it's so that, yeah, you know, you're, you're correct about that for sure. Yeah. So, you know, and, and again, I do just think there's this, I don't know. I, I, I feel like we're, we're all about ourselves and less about mm -hmm. each other and how we can serve each other and just be cordial to each other and be polite to each other. And it's like this idea of, like, if I'm polite to you, well, I'm being fake. I'm not being real. And so, you know, being, being real has become a higher value than being respectful or being polite to people. So I just feel like some well, of that which stuff is funny is, because that just assumes that everyone's reality is that they're jerks. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's so messed up. Yeah. There are still some nice people. No, but yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. And I would totally agree that that people are uh, just fundamentally like <laughs> we're messed up, man. Sure. Yeah. And, and I'm with you. I think there's, it, it ebbs and flows throughout history. And I don't think this is the most divided we've ever been. Um, so yeah. Last but not least, it says, therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. That's another fun sentence. <laughs> filthiness and rampant wickedness. Yes. Some wickedness is okay, but just the rampant kind. That's the stuff that we want to get rid of. <laughs> yeah. And, and even, even in that, I think our human nature we all go to a certain place as to what those things mean. And, uh, I feel fairly safe in saying that, um, 
our idea of filthiness and wickedness is much more extreme than what God is. And so we we kind of take it to this, well, I don't do I don't do certain things. I'm certainly not this. And the reality is 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 we all have very uh, wicked thoughts, and we all have very um, filthy thoughts when it comes to who God is and what He desires us to be. And so, um, yeah. So th- there's an element of well, I don't do this and I don't do that. I, I think you can get kind of self righteous in these ideas of I'm not filthy, oh, I'm not yeah. wick, I'm not wicked. When the reality is, is our standard compared to God's is just you know. <laughs> so. Yes. And I, I like the the very end where it says, receive with meekness. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. Like, be humble enough. Realize your situation here. Sure. Who God is and who you are, right? In the, the infinite gap between you. And with with humility, with meekness, accept what God has to offer you, his truth, and, you know, be saved. Which I think this whole thing, listening first, mm-hmm. speaking slowly, and not getting anger, or not, not getting angry, that is born out of an attitude and a character of humility and meekness, Right. Someone who's meek isn't trying to dominate somebody else by getting angry and getting louder, right? Or using violence. Someone who's humble is willing to listen Mm -hmm. and willing to not have the first word or maybe even the last word, right? And so the, and I think this goes to what you said earlier about people just being selfish and like only concerned about themselves. Like if you're only concerned about yourself, why would you listen to someone else? Who cares about your problems? I have enough of my own. Or, or, or I'm better than you, or, or whatever the, you know, the perspective is. But like, if, if we're going to receive God's word, we have to be humbled by mm-hmm. God to do that. And if we're going to receive the words of other people by hearing them, then we need to let that humble nature bear itself out in our relationships with people. And I don't think I've ever thought about it that way. Yeah. That my, that my, uh, not inability, my, my desire to problem solve or debate or try and, I don't know, prove something to other people, I guess is kind of proof that I'm much less humble than maybe I thought. Yeah. And that if I were to want to listen to people more and speak less and be angry less, that that has to be born out of a greater humility in my life, which means a greater understanding of who God is and who I am and what God has done for me. Kind of like we talked about last week on the last episode of not necessarily giving the correct weight to what Jesus did on the cross and what it cost God, because that means that I really am like a scoundrel and I really am, you know, unclean, filthy, all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's, that can be hard to admit, 
I like James a lot more before these last two weeks. <laughs> sure. Well, I have a lot to think about now. <laughs> yes. So I have not read this, and this is kind of on my... Um, I, well, I actually think it might be the next thing I read. It's called The Second Mountain by David Brooks. And basically, uh, I'm trying to find if I can just see something here. Um, so, um, kind of reading a blurb from the interweb here, it uh, talks about the second mountain being life moves from self-centered to other-centered. They want things that are truly worth wanting, not the things other people tell them to want. They embrace a life of independence, or no, interdependence, not independence. They surrender a life of commitment. Um, and basically it's this idea of the second mountain is learning to live for others versus living for ourselves. And so, um, I don't know, maybe the book is terrible, but, um, <laughs> it's got 489 reviews on Amazon and it, it still has four and a half stars. So, um, plus it came recommended to me by people that I respect. So I'm hoping it'll be a good book. But it's just kind of what, what you're saying in terms of just I have a lot to think about and being challenged over um, the last couple of weeks with James. I personally feel like in my life recently, God has just really been asking me, who are you living for? And um, I, I think in so many ways, I truly am living for myself and my legacy and my reputation and you know, even in that, it's, it's, um, you know, I, I think about, well, I want to be known as a man of God. I want to know, and I'm, I, I, you know, even my, my faith and my Christianity is all about me and how people view me. And, um, I just, I don't, you know, I hope I can, I don't know, do what, make a transition, evolve, <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I hope the next chapter in my life is truly living more for other people. And um, like I said, this just seems to have been a theme for me lately. And I'm curious to see how that um, plays out. Even as I'm talking about this, I'm talking about me, 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 me. <laughs> so anyway, I'll shut up. No, you're good. You're good. But I think uh, that brings us to the end of this episode. Yeah. And. Um, thanks everyone for listening so much. You can uh, find the show notes at supermegacorp.net slash masterclass slash one five four. Or if you're listening on your phone or your, well, if you're listening anywhere, you can probably find the show notes right there. Let's see what else. Uh, links for email, Twitter, Patreon, phone number, all that stuff's in the show notes. Get in touch, say hi. Hey, and if you'd like the show and you've listened to a few episodes or a ton of episodes and you're like, you know what? These guys aren't half bad. <laughs> Maybe leave a review or tell someone about the show. That would be super cool. And um, I think that's it, Dave. I would agree. Uh, Alfiter Zane. Until next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>